0: Hello and welcome to Season 9 of the Raise Your Game Show. As always, I'm your host, Alan Stein Jr. The goal of this show is simple, to be an extension of my book and share high-performance secrets from the best of the best in sports and business. In this season, my three kiddos, Luke, Jack, and Lila, put me on the hot seat and asked me some of their most pressing questions. And as you'll quickly find out, I am the smartest man! what was your thought process when you realized that your playing days were over and what was your next step? Well, and and to put it into context, you know, Elon was not very good when I was going there. So uh, there was myself and four other freshmen uh, that were coming in as the freshman class. And because Elon was not very good as freshmen, we all played a lot. Uh, I think I started half the games as a freshman. So I'm thinking, I mean, I'm set, you know, I went from kind of being the man in high school and I now found a school, a college where I'm going to be the man for the next four years. And I got very complacent. You know, I did, I stopped doing the extra work. I didn't come in early and I didn't stay late. You know, I was much more interested in being in a fraternity and chasing girls and kind of doing that thing. You know, I still, I still went to every obligation. I mean, I never missed a practice. I never missed a workout. I gave my best effort when I was there. Uh, And in my mind, that was enough. Uh, You know, I didn't realize that that's only the ante to sit at the table. Like, if you want to play a hand, you got to put, you know, you got to put a few chips in before you even start. Uh, That didn't dawn on me. I thought I was doing what I was supposed to do. And yet everybody else was coming in and working on their game. So all of the other freshmen that were with me, they got a lot better during their freshman year leading up to their sophomore year. And I didn't. I basically stayed flat then take on top of that, which every college basketball class tries to do or or program tries to do, is then they were bringing in freshmen the following year after me that were gonna compete with me for my time. And they kept leveling up. So the guys they were bringing in after me were really good players. So if you take into account, you know, I got complacent, I didn't get better, those in my class got better and those coming up behind me were better and were hungry you know, I went from being, you know, uh, a, a, on the starting five to being like the 10th or 11th man, just like that. And mm. when that was basically proposed that, hey, you're now pretty low on the depth chart. You know, I saw that there was a fork in the road. And obviously the fork that I would the, the, the path I would take today would be okay, well, I need to I need to get back in the gym. I need to earn playing time. I need to show the coach that I'm just as capable uh, of, of my teammates that had grown so much that year. And I'm willing to work to beat out the guys that are coming in after me. You know, I'm going to prove that I deserve to be a starter. That was one path. And then the other path was to just say F this and complain about it and make excuses and blame the coach. And for whatever reason, I chose that path. And You know, I I really started to develop a bad attitude um, and it just started to spiral out of control. You know, at that age, I was also incredibly hard-headed. You know, I thought I knew everything. So even when my parents would try to talk some sense into me, I just disregarded it. You know, when I had other people in my life trying to talk some sense into me, I just disregarded it. It was kind of the, well, you just don't get it. You know, you don't understand, the coach doesn't like me, the coach doesn't, you know, whatever. And, and I really hid behind that. And, you know, I really wallowed in that for the remainder of my college career. I mean, I really never played any meaningful minutes for the rest of my college career. And it's one of those ones where it's almost a, a self-fulfilling prophecy where it's, you know, see coach doesn't like me, so I don't play. So then I don't put in any more extra work and he continues to not play me, duh. And then I keep saying, see, I told you, see, he really doesn't like me. Now I'm a junior and he doesn't like, I'm a senior and he still doesn't want to play me. Well, at that point, you know, I didn't get any better from my freshman year to my senior year. You could only imagine how good my my teammates were that were of the same age. You know, they got exponentially better every year. I mean, looking back now with some some clarity, there's no question that I should not have been playing, but I didn't realize it at the time and, and, and took the path of this is all happening to me. This is so unfair. And, you know, that's, that was really the, the choice that I, I made. And it wasn't until I got a little older and thankfully started to become a little bit more open to other people's feedback that I realized this was all my own undoing. And, you know, I needed to change my attitude and my mindset. If I wanted to change the results I was going to get. How do you talk to someone who needs to make changes in the choices they make? Well, for me now, I can come at them from a place of very high empathy and compassion. I can say, hey, look, I'm not judging you because I was you. And, mm-hmm. and let me share a little bit about you know, how I behaved when I was your age and let you know that there are these two paths and you have the choice and, and say, hey, even if, even if you want to continue being hard-headed, and even if you want to continue thinking the world is plotting against you fine, that's fine. You can keep doing that. And you may come out of it at some point because I did. I mean, it's not like I'm I'm telling old war, war stories here in my mid 40s and that I didn't make any changes. The light bulb eventually came, you know, turned on for me, you know, but it happened when I was 25. If it would have happened when I was 19, boy, that would have probably been a little bit more useful, but it didn't. So now at 45, I don't spend any, any time looking back with regret. Uh, I share these things very openly because I hope, that it's valuable to you, um, so I don't beat myself up over it. I've moved on to the next play, but it does give me empathy to talk to younger players, and this was really helpful uh, when I was at Montrose and Damatha, because you know at Montrose and Damatha, both of those programs were college level programs for high school age students. I mean, the, the player that was at the end of the bench, the fifteenth man at Damatha, is still good enough to play college basketball. That's how good the program is at Damatha. So when a player at DeMatha would be bellyaching about not getting much playing time, I could put my arm around them and have that conversation and just say, look, I know and understand how you're feeling and why you're feeling that way. I, too, have felt that way. I was never as good as you are, but I still felt that way. And, and here's kind of my path and my journey. And just know that even if you continue to be hard headed, I'm still going to love you. Even if you're gonna to continue to, to think the world's plotting against you, I'm still gonna try to help you. Like I tried to remove judgment, I tried to remove expectation, and just most importantly, let them know, which was ultimately the lesson that I learned, is this is 100% your decision. You do not decide how much playing time you get, but you decide how you'll respond to whatever playing time you get. You know, you decide whether or not you come in early and you stay late after practice, even when you know that you're not going to play, you know, you decide whether you're going to give up or you're going to keep pushing forward and just know that, that, you know, in that relationship, while you're still here at Damatha, I will support you the entire time. I will do everything I can to help you. Um, so for me, that's actually been uh, one of my most helpful tools is letting these players know that, Hey, you know, I've been in the same situation and I was as, as hard headed as could be until probably 24, 25, And then, and I don't want to act like I just flipped the switch, you know, I was still very closed off to a lot of feedback, even into my early thirties. I still thought I knew everything, even into my early thirties. Like this was not a gradual process, but what I did at those ages was I started to open myself up to to learning and growing from new people. So it's been a a long process and, and I don't think for one second that I'm done yet. I mean, I still have plenty of areas that I need to continue to tweak and to improve. But I'm just very thankful now. My life is going in the right direction. You know, my arrow and my trajectory is pointing in the direction that I want it to go. And in my 20s and even early 30s, it, it wasn't necessarily doing that. What were some of the things you did that led you to a new way of thinking? The big one was reading. You know, I hated reading when I was in school. Elementary school, middle school, high school, and even college. I loathed someone else telling me what I needed to read. They would pick the books and then, you know, you'd have to do some type of book report on them or there'd be some type of test. And there were very few books that were assigned that, that were my cup of tea. I just wasn't into them. Once I graduated from school and I realized, you know, hey, I can read anything that I want. Um, you know, obviously I could have read anything I wanted in high school and college as well, in addition to what I was assigned. But for some reason that didn't dawn on me. But when I said, you know what, I can start reading any books that I want, then I started really diving headfirst into what we call the, the self-development space, the self-help space, you know, reading inspirational books um, and listening to, which at this time uh, would be on CD, listening to inspirational uh, people like Jim Rohn and, and Les Brown and Zig Ziglar and Brian Tracy and the, motiv- the first wave of motivational speakers. And I'm reading books by Coach K and Rick Bettino and Jack Canfield. And I'm just, I'm constantly devouring this stuff. And I just couldn't get enough of it. I mean, I was an incredibly voracious reader. And I think that's what opened me up. Because the, these weren't people standing over top of me telling me that I needed to change and telling me I was being hard-headed and foolish. Uh, I was just reading a book. And the information was the one that started to guide me into a different direction. So uh, starting to read is absolutely the spark uh, that changed everything for me. Hey coaches, have you checked out makeyourgameplan.com? Your Game Plan is an on-demand digital course for middle school and high school age athletes of all sports that teaches the traits, habits, and mindset required for maximizing performance on and off the field or court. It includes two separate tracks, One customized for athletes and the other tailored specifically for coaches. Each course includes six modules, additional bonus content, and step-by-step action plans. If you want your team to raise their game this summer, check out MakeYourGamePlan.com right now. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for investing your time with me and my kiddos. I hope we helped you raise your game. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks now.